Hello, everyone. Welcome to another sharing of God's Word through the Latter Rain Ministries. As always, if you want to learn more about us, please visit our website at www.thelatterrain.org. And also, please feel free to write us through there as well. We would like to take a moment to welcome our newest visitors from Equatorial Guinea. Welcome, friends. May God bless you. We would also like to send a special hello to our friends that are following from the complete opposite side of the planet from us, our lovely friends from Indonesia, Australia, and last but not least, New Zealand. Hello there. May God bless all of you. Thank you for your faithful tuning in. I tell you, this technology thing can be pretty great when it helps different folks connect at such great distances, especially when we try to share Jesus Christ. Well, now today... We're going to take a break from our Proverbs series. And as part of that break, we have felt a prompting by God's Holy Spirit to talk about something that you all may or may not be familiar with, at least the way that we may talk about it. We like to talk about God's love, and even more exactly, we like to help bring into focus the importance of God's love in our lives, and if it is enough for us. We will see this through the Apostle John, so it will be somewhat of a continuation or expansion on the written message shared this past weekend. Love is by far the most important element in everything in this life and in eternity. So we truly need to understand what it should be about and its importance and how it needs to be demonstrated. Because God's love or godly love, biblical love, is demonstrated through our actions. And it has nothing to do with the so-called love that the world talks about, especially in today's society. We'll talk more about this after our prayer time. But meanwhile, I would like to help turn our focus to pray for ourselves, in the sense that we need to stop thinking so much about ourselves and stop disregarding God and others in need. We're living in an era where people, and dare I say, even those that call themselves believers and are followers of Jesus, idolize themselves way too much. We're living in the me era. It's all about me and what I want and my goals and I want to fulfill my desires. Almost everything is me, me, me. This is what is causing mass chaos in families and relationships everywhere. I know I'm clearly going against the current on this one, but the me focus needs to stop in order for God's purposes to be fulfilled which is where everyone benefits. Why is a me focus so bad? Well, when you are just thinking about yourself, you run over other people and especially God. There can be no order without our focus being on God. Nothing will work the way it should unless God becomes the main focus. There can be no real peace or fulfillment without God at the center of our focus. So let's pray so that God sets our focus in the proper direction for our own good, and for the good of others. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy. And I give you thanks as always for your Son, Jesus Christ, and for the salvation that we have through him. Thank you, O Lord, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity that you give us to have eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you please forgive us. Please forgive me, Lord God. As David said, my sin is always before me. Heavenly Father, I need you. I I always need your forgiveness. Heavenly Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that you 
Help us, O Lord, to be able to turn away our focus from ourselves. Help us, O Lord, not to be so devoted to ourselves, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to not let our egos ride high, Lord. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you help us to be sensitive, to be sensitive to you, to, to who you are and what you've done, and to look more at what your will and your desire is, and not what we want so much. Heavenly Father, help us to turn our attention away from ourselves. And Heavenly Father, help us to turn our attention to you and to your purposes and to your desire. Lord God, because your will is what is blessing for us, what is good for us. Because by your will is that we have the opportunity for salvation. By your will is that we have so many things that are unimaginable. Heavenly Father, help us to think and concentrate on you and on who you are and on what you want to do. Heavenly Father, having prayed that I pray in the name of Jesus that you please speak to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. Help us to understand, help us to get a very clear picture of what you want to tell us. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture passage today comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. Again, we're going to be reading from 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. And this is what we read. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The Apostle John was known as the Apostle of Love because he spoke so much about love and how important love is. Through the Apostle John, we receive some of the key passages that are the basis for understanding God's love. Like, for instance, we have the famous John 3.16 passage which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We have the passage that we read at the beginning that talks about how God's love was manifested toward us and that God sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In John chapter 10, verse 10, we read about how Christ came to give life through His love, where it says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. We also have the wonderful promises from the Lord where He expresses that He has places prepared for us which are expressions of his love for us. John chapter 14, verse 1 to 4 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. We have so many other demonstrations of God's love spoken through us through the Apostle John, where if we continued, we would be here for quite some time. But despite all of that, do we really understand God's love? Do we really understand what He has done for us? And by that I mean, do we understand to the point that we are satisfied with the Lord? Or do we really need more other things outside of Him? And here's where it gets a little tricky, if you will. 
I guess the first point to tackle is understanding God's love. And do we really understand what this is? I should give a fair amount of warning that some of you may or will find this message offensive, especially if you're a person that is deceived by Satan's lies rather than attuned to God's truth, which will become more evident as we move forward. But I urge you to keep an open mind so you don't miss out on what really matters, especially for your own good, because that is what God's truth is really after, your own good. But having said all of that, let's dig deeper into this first point about understanding God's love. First things first, we are created beings. We didn't evolve like the highly imaginative science that tries to lure us away from God's creation. And I at least find far more dignity in being created by an almighty God than evolving from primates. The Bible explains that we were made in God's image and that encompasses many things that extend far beyond our appearance such as the ability to reason, thoughts, emotions, and feelings, and the greatest of all that we have a soul that can live forever. There are many other godly attributes that come along with His image and likeness, but these are the ones that I would like to make an emphasis on for the intents and purposes of today's discussion. The world was created and made for man, so it's the first tangible gift God gave man. And after the world and everything in it was made, he gave man the gift of existence, of life. And together with that life, as he breathed into him, he gave man his image and likeness. These are all examples of God's love. And then God saw that man was lonely despite all the things he made for him to enjoy. So he created the woman, which is another demonstration of God's love. God made human companionship so that he could have more of his creation to enjoy communion with. These are all examples of God's love because God's will and purpose for man and woman was to create living beings with free will that would look to enjoy His presence based on the reason, intelligence, and emotions He bedded in their beings. And as we get into chapter 3 of Genesis, we see that something goes terribly wrong with God's creation. Mankind falls into sin, which in turn changes everything for them and all of us that followed. But despite that major setback, God doesn't destroy man. Even though he was within his right and had all power and authority to do so, God looks to cover man's shame by showing a shadow of things to come, the design for man's salvation, that the innocent would pay for the guilty. And after that, God continually reached out to man through the visible world, through creation, Romans chapter 1 verse 20 to 21 explains to us the following, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, speaking of God, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So instead of looking for God, many people rejected God and turned to other things that were of lesser value or of lesser importance. If people just opened their eyes and pay attention, they could see God's greatness and goodness through everything, through the dawn of a new day, the beauty of nature, the careful and meticulous balance and order of things. That if we breathe today, it is because God wills it. If our hearts beat, it is because God wills it. If we have food, clothing, and shelter, it is because God has somehow allowed for it. Whatever we have, 
it is because God wills it. Yet, this was not enough for many. As a fulfillment of dozens of prophecies and God's commitment to men, the Messiah came to this world as the humblest of people. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords took on our form so that He could be the innocent victim offered for our sins. The Bible explains the Messiah's suffering for us in Isaiah chapter 53, written over 700 years before it actually happened. It says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken, and they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He was put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sins of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Centuries have come and gone since the death and resurrection of the Lord. Yet many still ignore him. Many still don't value the incredible sacrifice made for our sins. God did not pay on the cross for his sins. He paid for our sins, for our wrongs, to change our destiny from being hell-bound to heaven-bound. Nonetheless, do we value what the Lord did for us? Do we even attempt to understand what He did? It seems many times that we treat God under the terms of, what have you done for me lately? It appears that the sacrifice of the cross is too far back for us to remember, and that it bears little to no value. What is God trying to say through this very humble servant today? After everything I, God, have done for you, is my love not enough for you? Does creation mean nothing to you? Does me allowing you to exist have such little value for you? Does the death of my only begotten Son on the cross, having Him pay for your sins and wrongs, mean so little to you? 
out of all those things you fight for, you live for, you strive for, have any of them done or will do what I have done for you? Will any human being do what I have done for you? We really need to think about our priorities. We really need to learn how to value what God has done, is doing, and continues to do for us. We cannot take so much for granted, because although He is a very loving God, the Lord is also consuming fire. We need to value His love now, while it is still an acceptable time, and value Him like He deserves to be valued. Loving Him above all things, giving Him the first place in our lives, because that is the only fair thing to do. One final thought. If you were to see the movie of your life with God sitting right next to you, would He see that you truly appreciate everything He has done for you? Or would He see just total disregard and taking things for granted, being more focused on the here and now than anything else? Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I pray that you please forgive us for the for the hardness of our heart. Heavenly Father, we are so focused on smaller things, less important things, and we don't really focus the way that we need to focus on you. Heavenly Father, help us that our, and forgive us for our priorities being so messed up. Forgive us, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, for being so blind we don't see clearly and always what you've done for us. Heavenly Father, we are more focused on so many other things, Lord. Our, our finances, our, our desires, our, our goals, our, about the me, me, me. It's not necessarily that those things are bad, but Lord, we, they, they cannot take your place. Forgive us, O oh Lord, because quite simply, we just were idolaters. Because everything that we put before you is idolatry. Heavenly Father, please forgive us. Please have mercy on us. Please help us to be able to see you more clearly. Help us to be able to understand more clearly what, what you have done and what you do for us, O oh Lord. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks for your love and for your mercy and for your grace. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks, O oh Lord, for your Son, Jesus Christ, and, and Lord, for the salvation that we have through Him, because without Him, we would be eternally and utterly punished to hell. And far away from heaven and promises and anything and everything that is good. Help us, O oh Lord, to keep that in mind. Lord, I give you thanks and I praise you again because you are incredibly merciful. Heavenly Father, I pray, O oh Lord, that you just help us to be, to be right with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is www.thelatterrain.com.
www.thelatterrainministries.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.